Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. My name is Sophie Collins, and I am a mother and entrepreneur, and I am obsessed with feeling my best. This show is going to cover everything from work to wellness to motherhood and what it looks like to encompass all of those things into your life. I hope you enjoy. So excited to bring you this conversation today with my own personal naturopath, Dr. Bobby Parmar. I have been working with him for about five years and he has completely changed my life and my approach to health and wellness. I talked about him on my motherhood episode and how he helped me with my pregnancies and recovery. And today we are going all over the place from shrooms to Ozempic wine, Botox, birth control, vitamin IV drips, what he's obsessed with right now, and women's health advocacy. This is one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Dr. Bobby Parmar. He is a naturopathic physician and registered acupuncturist who strongly believes that naturopathic medicine has the answers to prevent and treat many health concerns. As a woman's health advocate, we love that. This is especially true from puberty to menopause and beyond. Going on 17 years working in Vancouver, he is practicing in a collaborative clinic, Mint Integrative Health, where I go. He also co-founded Gravity Health in Whitehorse and Link Health. Dr. Parmar highly values the importance of education. He co-founded Campfire Professional Development in Medicine. Most recently, he has delivered iron infusion training courses to doctors in BC as a push for more competency in women's health assessment and delivery. He has supervised naturopathic interns in their third and fourth year of education for 10 years, and he also works as a key opinion leader for Life Labs. He regularly lectures at conferences on various medical topics to diverse groups of health professionals. Dr. Parmar, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining. I love being here. Thank you for having. I know you are so busy with a million things going on. I just recorded your very impressive bio. So I'm super excited to chat with you. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. I feel like when we book 30 minute meetings or we need to make them 90, like it's just never enough time. So I want to like dig into how we met and, and, you know, the work we've done together, but I think, well, let's just start with like, what are you obsessed with right now? We were talking a little bit about it before we hit record. So tell me about what you're obsessed with right now and what's going on. Like, I think about this question when you sent it to me as one of the things you asked people, I was like, almost nervous to give my reply because we're kind of in this like dangerous time of you're not allowed to, and you're not supposed to say what I'm about to say, but I'll say it. (laughs) I'm super obsessed with being busy. Like I, it's the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask me that question. I love being full of things. I love having lots to do. I love being parts of all kinds of fun projects and creative relationships. I love being part of relationships. I think it's just my jam. It's just how I operate. And I know over the last number of years, you know, as a person in the like wellness world, I'm supposed to be like a restful, resty, nappy kind of person for my own spirit and my own soul and my own health. But like, I just can't help but honor the part of myself that I'm obsessed with, which is, and I think it's also because I was talking to a friend about this last week. It's like, what? Well, how come you're such a busy body? Like, you're such a busy, busy body. And I was just like, I just really like it. It's like fun for me. And they were just like, is it though? <laughs> like, is it though? So I think like, yeah. that I totally resonate that. Like with that, I, as you know, I'm like so type A, always busy. And, you know, you go through ebbs and flows. You're not going to be like this 100% of your life and you can't, like it's impossible. But when it is rolling, it feels so good to lean into it. And I'm just over canceling anything. Like, let's keep hustle culture if you want it. That's fine. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Because like, honestly, it is kind of just it makes you feel nervous to speak that way only because you're 
you're going to get canceled for being busy. I know. <laughs> like, like, no, but I want, I want to do things. And I, th- I feel like I have a lot of capacity and I feel like I have, I was saying this to somebody last week as well. I was just like, I have a lot of capacity to struggle actually. Like my capacity to struggle is quite high and my capacity to like deal with things is quite high. And so that's just, I don't know, that's, you know, my Virgo groove, whatever it is, it just is what it is. And so I, I don't know how not to be that. And for the longest time, I was like wrestling with that. And so this year fully, I'm in my expansion era. I am at 100% embracing my EE and I am going right into the world and has annoying as that sounds for some people that's fine by me I'll be annoying it's just where I am and I love it so hard and so much and it allows for me to say that I get to meet all kinds of really cool people I get to have really interesting conversations but then also like launch pads for things that I want to do that I just have to speak out loud just somebody just said this to me two days ago that was like a quote like when you open your mouth the world gets smaller mm. So if you just like speak what you feel and what you think, you don't have to like, you know, people are so shy to like say their opinions. They're so shy to say how they feel about things because everybody is so kind of on eggshells these days about how they feel about things because you don't want to put something out there and then have somebody clap back at your ass like fast and then you're you're done. And it's like, I don't care. Like I don't I'm allowed to have my ways of thinking and I'm allowed to change my mind. And so, exactly. yeah, I'm allowed to change my mind too. So I can put myself out there and see what returns and then be okay with whatever that is. And that just means that I'm super okay with, you know, obviously, Sophie, you know that I have very strong opinions about things. And so I'm totally fine with having them be out in the world. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, as like a person growing up in the, a world that's not super friendly, or at least wasn't at the time to queen little kids. It's like, you just feel so long that you don't get to be who you are. And then at some point you're just like, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm stop, full stop. I'm done. Let's go. I want to yeah. show up for myself. It's so refreshing to hear that. <laughs> I totally agree. I just think it's so hard to say how you feel these days. You have to be so careful. It's one of the reasons that it's actually been really enjoyable to do this format of connecting with people and sharing because I definitely find even writing a blog post or posting on Instagram, you're always so concerned about how things look and the exact like syntax of a sentence and how things are going to come off and to have the opportunity to expand on your thoughts and talk about justification and reasoning and people listening to a long form conversation about who you are as a person just really changes how people can look at things and listen to other opinions. And one of the things that I absolutely love about you is that you share your opinions. I mm-hmm. think so many times people will go to a doctor or someone in the medical field and they'll ask for an opinion. And I feel like even medical professionals are so afraid to give their opinions because of ramifications and constraints within the system. And it's just been so refreshing working with you over the last, I want to say almost five years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I feel like medicine is so shackled by guidelines and by, this is what doctors have told me, like conventional doctors. If you have a plan for somebody and it strays from the algorithm that you're supposed to work in. It strays from the guidelines that are dictated by the eggheads that made the guidelines. And then you leave. And then some other doctor comes into your place. They are meant to be able to just keep going on your train of thought because your train of thought was predetermined by these rules. That leaves so little room for individual variation and things. That leaves so little room for creativity it leaves so little room for the person in front of you. And that is bullshit. That is so horrendously just homogeneous in a heterogeneous world. Like we do studies in medicine all the time where we're just like, oh, that sample size, it was too homogeneous. They looked all the same. So we should discard that study. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. 
that's happening in real life all the time. And so you're just like, you you don't want people to look this the same. This is happening right now. It's mind-boggling to me that for the last 17 years of practice, I've been a hormone prescriber like it's candy. And people have treated me like, you're dealing it like it's candy. And I was like, it should be. Hormones are wonderful things. They are super safe. They don't cause the harm that we used to think they were. And in the last, I don't know, three weeks, it's exploded, mostly because of Oprah. Oprah made it happen. <laughs> Wait, tell me more. I didn't hear about Oprah. And tell me about hormones. Like, let's start with hor- let's start with Oprah, because that's yeah. always a good place to start. What did Oprah say? And then tell me more about hormones and how you're helping people with them. I mean, I could start and stop every conversation with Oprah. <laughs> like, she is the queen regent of all things. She has this new, like, menopause series where she's talking to different people. I think Maria Shriver was one of them a few weeks ago. And it's on the back of this like movement where women are, there's like this giant sort of population of women in their 40s and 50s now. There's like like a swell. (laughs) But and there always has been. But like these women are very educated and aware through probably online methods of learning things. And like women's health is now finally getting attention in 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 the most deserving way in the sense that there's enough of you in this world advocating for yourselves in big voice ways and so it's like and medicine has to pay attention because medicine is super misogynistic it's super sexist and it won't pay attention until it's forced to pay attention to something whether it's like racial medicine or if it's sexist medicine whatever it is it all still Mm kind of exists but like, there's a lot of attention. And so once Oprah catches on to something like that, she's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna put this out there on my platform. However, she then revealed that she's been taking hormones for years. And she had seen three, four, five specialists for in her menopausal experience for heart palpitations and like just not feeling great. And they all thought it was like her heart. We should put her on heart medication. We should put her on antihypertensive medication. We should put her on anything but have a conversation with her about her experience in menopause. Could menopause have anything to do with this? And that probably has a lot to do with the fear around hormones. There's like an inborn like paralysis around using hormones because my opinion is we're super sexist and like we don't pay attention to the things that need to happen for women and we don't deep dive on an individual level that what might help people fine but then she goes on hormones and she's like sorry my entire life changed my entire life changed heart palpitations be gone everything about her moved in the right direction and this is oprah the access she has the kinds of people that she has on her medical payroll they didn't have this conversation with her. She had to go through specialists after specialists after specialists. How much poking and prodding had to be done in that case to get her to a point where finally somebody was just like, it's your hormones. And now she's spreading the word. And people like her, uh, Huberman Labs is doing this now. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of people on their podcast for hormones. Peter Atia is doing it. A bunch of just big people, big names are finally having the courage to say, Women should be safe and okay to take anything hormonal, not anything, some restrictions, most things hormonal in their 40s and 50s because it will save their lives. It will literally save their lives. And we've known this for a long time. Some of us have been practicing this way for a long time, but it takes years for medicine to catch up to stuff that already exists. And right. that's what's happening right now. The female groundswell is fully tsunami. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so refreshing to hear that. And I, as you know, went through various situations in my postpartum journey and pregnancies and became like an Uber woman's health advocate working with BC women's and connecting with you. And it's been, it's been so rewarding, but it's hard because you constantly have to be your own advocate every single day, every appointment you go to every test you get back, you kind of have to keep digging and keep prodding and making sure people are in your corner when you talk about hormones and how helpful it's been with people and women specifically in their 40s and 50s if there's someone listening that says i want to know more about this like where do i where do i start when it comes to hormone health and is it working with someone like you is it like tell it if you're just hearing about this for the first time where would you even begin so a lot of the times it does not begin with your family doctor. Sorry, GPs, but like, it's just not you. It's not you. You guys don't know this. You guys don't have time for this. You guys are like not in the world of being able to have these lengthy conversations with patients. You don't have the time. It's not your fault. The system is the way that it is structured. 
like I empathize. If I was in your position, what would I do? What would I do? Right. I would basically have to just be like, refer you to somebody else to have this conversation. Who would I refer you to? A gynecologist who also doesn't really have the opportunity or time to talk to you ad nauseum about these kinds of questions because you can only see them once every nine to 12 months. If you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. If you're lucky. And so depending on where you are even, right? Like I just, I opened up a satellite clinic in Whitehorse a couple of weeks ago and oh my God, Sophie, the kind of just disaster care that's happening to women there. It is, it blew my mind in a way that I had no idea it could be blown. And women particularly are just left to the winds. That's what they do. Do you think that women are treated differently in the medical system? I've heard this like hysteria complex when it comes to women. And I personally believe that I've experienced it. I remember, you know, I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding with Liam and the conventional system was kind of just telling me like, yep, it's normal. And I was like, there is no way that what I'm feeling is normal. And I eventually found out that it wasn't. And luckily I have an incredible OB, Dr. Rosengarten. And he, you know, was, he's a women's health advocate as well and was amazing. But the conventional system through family doctors, et cetera, I really had to be my own health advocate to get to the bottom of it. Medicine is a part of our society. Our society is sexist as F. So how is medicine with human beings who are part of the society? They happen to be doctors, but they're still people. They're still people who are influenced by all the things that are the systems that are built around us, the inborn beliefs that are there basically from centuries or thousands of years. How is medicine going to escape sexism? How? As smart as doctors are, they're people. Mm -hmm. They still suffer the same biases We find this out all the time. You know, a few years ago, a review was done about new medical graduates like residents on whether they treated, unbeknownst to them, like these surveys and reviews are done to determine psychological patterns in in different professionals. And one was done on residents. And they, 50%, it was something like 50% of, it was like 2019, 2018, something like that. 50% of medical residents gave lower dosages of pain medicine to Black women than they would to other women or other people. Oh my God. This is just, this is just before COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So there's these biases, right? How do we escape them? How do we escape them? We only escape them when a person presents them to us. And if we're willing to accept those kinds of things, then we can grow. But medicine is also a dinosaur. It is Jurassic. No, Cretaceous even, if that's older. Let's go older. (laughs) I'll ask Liam. He'll know. (laughs) (laughs) It is so glacially slow. Surgery is the exception, right? Surgery goes because it's like... Because it has to. It has to. You can't refute very specific best practices that happen in surgery to save people's lives. But like chronic stuff, mm-hmm. the human stuff beyond an operating table, none of that takes 10, 15, 20 years from when we knew something for it to change. So of course, these kinds of things are going to influence the way doctors are. That's why we need more advocacy, but also more advocacy from men. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I mean, like, you obviously need women to be self-advocates and then women in these professions to be advocates for their own interests. But you need men to get in on this too, which is why it's so cool that like these doctors and these podcasts are now like male centered. I mean, Joe Rogan's probably going to do an HRT thing soon. Who knows? (laughs) But we need that kind of stuff because you need it to come from everywhere. Have you seen everywhere, everything all at once? Yes. Oh, what? That was a a mind blowing film. I actually found it a little intense to watch. If I'm being completely honest, I usually watch movies at night and I was like, this is not good for my sleep, which we can get into. (laughs) It was amazing though. That's my new motto. Every day I say to myself, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like (laughs) it has to be everybody all at once. Go, go, go. Because if it isn't, you're missing the point. And like, this is not going to work unless everybody's in the same movement, whatever it is. And like, that's another motto of mine. You know, I said in my expansion era, I am in full flight and everything everywhere all at once. I can do all kinds of things. Why can't I do this, that, and the other? How come I can't be hither and thither? How come I can't do all of those things? I can. 
thank you to that movie. <laughs> no, it's so true. And I read this like passage once that was like, who are you not to be all of the things that you want to be? And I even find that with myself. I mean, starting this podcast, like when someone originally said, oh, you should start a podcast. I was like, oh God, like who am I to start a podcast? Like, why would mm-hmm. I even start a podcast? And you know, I've recorded six episodes now and, you know, you're one of the first, you're the first person I reached out to. And it's been just such an expansive, as I said, forum for these conversations and for even processing my own thoughts and sharing it in a different way. Because when you're talking about something and you're really, really present and grounded and you're able to actually talk through it, you feel an opening even in your body. Like, I know when I'm really stressed, I feel tension in like my throat and in my chest and even just talking, talking to friends, talking to a therapist, talking to a doctor, if you're lucky enough to work with a naturopath, being able to talk through these things alleviates symptoms. And I think that's part of the reason that having an hour with someone like you can change people's lives. I mean, I am not exaggerating when I say that you have changed my life and almost every single one of my family members' lives. And at a very basic level, it's from listening as the first building block. Listening and also it's my job, my job, literal job. This is what I signed up to do, to listen to you. That's my job. I'm interested in that. I'm it's not just a favor I'm I'm doing for you. It's not like something that I'm just like, oh, cool. I get to chat with Sophie today, but whatever. No, it's my job. It's what I decided to do with my life. And it's it fulfills me immensely, so much so that I want to find ways of scaling it and like making other people also be a part of what I think is right to do right by people and to not stay sort of like small and insular. And I just know there's so much work that needs to be done. So that's like what's part of my identity. So I'm so happy that you can say that to me because that it's so rewarding to know that what I've chosen to do with this, you know, very little life that I have in this world for as short as it might be, or as long as it might be, I mean, no matter what, it'll be short, but like, thank you. That's very nice. Well, it's, it's very true. And I think let's get into why you and I started working together. So I don't know if you remember, but when I was postpartum with Liam, I developed postpartum insomnia and I was chatting with my friend, Christina Dizzler, and she mentioned that she worked with you. She's actually been such a great recommender of expansive people in my life. And I immediately booked in with you. This is when you were in your old clinic. So I've been with you since the beginning of Mint. But yeah, pre-Mint. Pre-Mint. Uh, well, it was a seed even. Yeah, not even. (laughs) The soil was just ruminating. And I came to you and I was like, I can't sleep. I'm jerking myself awake the minute I fall asleep. My nervous system's all over the place. And obviously there are various things in my postpartum life that contributed to that. One of which was drinking four to five cups of coffee a day. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about sleep and your approach to helping people with sleep. I think it's something that is finally getting the attention it deserves because I truly believe it is the foundation of everything in life. And now that I can sleep, I am so, so grateful. But tell me a little bit about how you approach that with clients. And even you can talk about a little bit about what we did as well, if you remember. (laughs) There is no, no, there's probably bigger topics, but like we live in a world that is designed for us to have problems with our nervous systems like we just this is how it is like we have like there's my buildings being renovated right now and they're like jackhammering the my patio at the moment you can't really hear it uh, i can't hear it at all thank god there is a city that is surrounding me there's all kinds of people all kinds of interactions when i get off this podcast i'm probably going to have 32 slacks 14 emails maybe six or seven texts, a couple WhatsApps. Like That's all going to be maybe a couple missed calls. How do we operate like this and have our nervous systems not be at the mercy of all of that? I have anxiety with you saying that because <laughs> even before I got on this, I had 16 text messages <laughs> that came in since 7 a.m. So, uh, And that's the thing I ask myself too. Like I'm this busy body. And I want to be a busy body. But then how do I honor the fact that my nervous system is going to be amped 
by all of this all the time, how do I get myself to get into a state of rest when I need to rest? And I'm, I turned 42. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like a little bit past my 40th birthday. I was like, oh, I don't need as much sleep anymore. Just naturally, just naturally. I was just like, oh my God, I guess I'm just sleeping six hours now. I was like, I guess that's what's happening. And it's fine for me, but for other people, it's not. And so it's super individual. We have to respect how that shows up for you. So if like I'm nine hours, I'm a nine hour, eight minimum seven. I feel horrible. I actually hope I don't need to sleep as much past 40 because in nine hours is a lot of time in the day. It's so individual. So we don't need to be, that's my first rule is if this person says to you that they are happy, they function, the amount of sleep that they get is good you know, there's stuff about like Da Vinci sleeping four and a half hours a night and that's all he needed. And he was Da Vinci. What the, (laughs) you know what I mean? What are we going to do to him? Sedate him? (laughs) And be like, no, Da Vinci, go to bed. It's like, don't create the world's masterpieces. (laughs) (laughs) Don't create the first world, the first helicopter ever, like in the 1500s or whatever that was like, my God. So that's important. I think you have to, you have to meet the person where they're at and not sort of like judge their life based off of like again some predetermined thing where it's like you're supposed to be getting this much sleep yeah i that'd be nice we have medicine tells us that health outcomes are better when it's seven and a half plus hours sleep but if that's not possible for a person why do we want to beat them over the head with it it doesn't make sense especially if they've done all the right things from a hygiene perspective and then it becomes torturous you end up literally torturing a person by saying like, you got to do 50 different things before the end of your day in order for all of the, so I, I meet people where they're at. Listen, do you want me to torture you with those kinds of things? Have you already done them? Do you want me to give you some things that might help your nervous system just without you having to work too hard at this? Relax. They might be herbs. They might be vitamins. They might be things that we identify. Maybe you're iron deficient. Maybe we have to give you a little bit of iron. Maybe that's where this is coming from. I don't think people know that iron deficiency can cause abruption in sleep. Like it is a huge thing that I didn't know. I was obviously when we started working together, verging on anemia, if not anemic. And it was one of the things that really, really helped my sleep. I don't think people realize that. They don't because iron is also one of those things that has been completely ignored in medicine. Most medicine doesn't isn't interested in sort of like helping you with your fatigue and your shortness of breath and your restless legs that come with iron deficiency. They care about whether or not you are bleeding out. Mm. There it is. So because if if they cared, <laughs> if they cared, 25% of the population would immediately need assistance. <laughs> like, yeah. 25% of the population would immediately say, does, can the system handle that? No. So it gets ignored. And so that, the connection between those things are like loose in medicine, but they're strong in real life. Like they're super, super tight in a person's individual experience. So then you you have to have a doctor or a provider who's able to see all the different things that could be a part of it. And then just chip away each one of them and see which one is the most meaningful, but to not, not put so much pressure. This is my belief not to put so much pressure on a person who is having trouble sleep to make sure they're doing it all on their own in their own head. If it's not working, it's not working. There are tools of a plenty Mm -hmm. to be able to choose from. And they exist for a reason to be able to help us in these kinds of times. And so I think A to Z, use everything and then present those options to a person and say, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What would you like to do? And then, and then have that conversation and go from there. So sleep for me is just like any other system in medicine where we just say, here are your choices, mm-hmm. what resonates the most with you and go from there. And how do you coach people on the amount of information that we take in on social media and podcasts, which is all really amazing and valuable, and it can be really productive and helpful for people's lives, but how do you help them distinguish all of these things that people are learning and being bombarded with all the time. Oh, sleep seven to nine hours, make sure you're doing this and this and this. And I'm probably guilty of it as well. Like I like to move and meditate every single morning. And for some people that probably doesn't work and me beating it like over their heads is probably not a valuable thing. But for me, it really, really helps me in my day-to-day life. So how do you coach people in understanding 
all this information that you're receiving from all of these different sources isn't necessarily what you need to be doing. Because if you were doing all of them, all you would be doing from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is all these different wellness practices that people say we should be doing. So how do you differentiate what actually is going to work for someone versus trying to do everything and then being more stressed out because you're not able to do everything. It's impossible. I think you just said it. If it's stressful, if it feels stressful, you are doing yourself a disservice. You just added stress onto a problem that already has stress as its origin. So if it's it does this stress you? Is is this a lot? Is this too much? Is this hard work? I think those questions need to be asked about anything. If I'm giving you a medication for a different condition, is this stressful for you to take this medication that I'm asking you to take that we talked about might have a positive outcome in some way, but like, is it stressful to take it? There's a perfect example of that, uh, osteoporosis. So we put people on osteoporosis medications to help them prevent more bone loss and maybe regrow a little bit of bone, but they're so hard to take because you have to stay upright for 30 minutes after you take your pill and you can't lay down or else it's going to burn a hole in your throat. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so eventually we medicine realized maximum 50% of people took those drugs. Maximum 50% of people took those drugs. And they were like, why aren't these people's bones growing? Oh, well, their follow-up, there's they're still breaking their bones every couple of years. What's going on? And it's just like, because you made it stressful. You literally made the way to get to the solution stressful. Don't do that to somebody. And so then medicine was like, okay, fine. Let's figure out a way to do this in another way. So now we do infusions. It's like once every six months or once a year, or you do an injection version. So they found a way around it because there was a problem. But the stress itself was a reason there was a needed to be a solution in the first place. This is no different. If it's stressful, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. If my doctor tells me to do something, I was like, mm, no, I don't, that doesn't resonate with me, even though it seems like it's the right thing to do for the problem that I'm presenting with um, to you. I don't want to do it. So don't, don't. And how do you strengthen that intuition? Like, I feel like I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I try a lot of things on and whatever works for me works and whatever doesn't I let go of. But I think for someone who's newly into wellness and trying to feel their best, like how do you strengthen that inner knowing of what feels good for you and what advice you should take? I think it's really honestly the relationship you have with a provider who you trust that you can ask questions to, to then feel satisfied in like a fully satisfied kind of way with the conversation, with the information you're getting so that you're not in your head about it all the time. What are you supposed to do? Know this stuff yourself? So like talk to people, communicate how you're feeling. Somebody is probably going to have something interesting that might click. Somebody might have said something to you three years ago that somebody else says to you just in a slightly different way. <laughs> three years later, and you're like, oh, that, that resonates. It's like, you know, Susie next door would be like, listen, I told you that three years ago. He's like, well, I didn't hear it. So like just keep, just, I think... Finding your group, finding your tribe of people who you're able to feel safe in having these kinds of conversations with, then you get to hear all kinds of different personal experiences, professional experiences. And then if it resonates, it resonates. And then you get to go from there. Like this year as part of my expansion era, I have dived deep into the forest of shrooms. Like Oh, okay. Please tell me more because I've been talking with my therapist about this and- ah. I, I mean, I do, you know, the functional like reishi and oh, yeah. the light shrooms, but I've never experimented with psychedelics. Is that what we call it? I'm really, you yeah. know, I'm not, I don't know anything. So tell us a little bit more about that. And like, how would you recommend people learning about that? So Virgo through and through this person speaking right now, Virgo through and through, I literally call myself a lemur. I'm just like always <laughs> aware of anything that's coming to get me at any moment. I'm like, is the door locked? Is the stove off? What is about to kill me? Have you and seen Madagascar, by the way, the, the kids that, movie? I, I am the lemur. That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I am one. Uh, I lean daily. I'm just leaning all the time. <laughs> and I can't help it. I was born in September. I can't help it. That's just the way it is. <laughs> that part of me is like this like controlling 
sort of directory just wants to like know that everything is just the way it needs to be. And so I, that serves me well in lots of different ways, but it's not the best in others. And sometimes it means you can't let your mind unlock. Like mm-hmm. it means you can't let your, like the parts of your brain that you've compartmentalized, the parts of your brain that you've like tucked away somewhere, not by choice. So I was like, if I'm in my expansion era, shouldn't I expand my mind? And if that's the case, shouldn't I get over my greatest fear of not being in control? Shouldn't I try to not be in control? How do I do that myself? I don't think I can because I'm a lemur. What can I do to help me help myself unlock? And, and you know, mushrooms have, I mean, they've always been here. They've always been a thing. But now, again, one of those things where it's like, oh, we all seem to be like talking about it. And it's like, maybe safer. People are getting a little bit more information about it. So you have more people to talk to about it. So I talked to my doctor and I was just like, I have some. And do you see a naturopath or do you have like a doctor? I have a team. Okay. Yeah. So I see a medical doctor, I have an ND and the, I have a bunch of everything actually. And just in case. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. I have one of everything too. I'm a team. And so I got permission from a bunch of different people who were just like, yeah, sounds like it'll, it'll be right. Talked a lot about it. Uh, a counselor and then spoke I have met serious mental illness in my family so I was kind of like nervous about that in that way didn't know much about this because my Virgoness never let me do things like this before and then I'm not I, a Virgo but my person doesn't let me do things <laughs> like this <laughs> I mean it's surprising you're not a Virgo uh, maybe it is mistake on your birth certificate <laughs> well I was an in vitro baby so maybe there's a mix up at the lab <laughs> you give Virgo vibes seriously yeah. serious. I'm giving Virgo constantly <laughs> so the when I dove in and I was like I'll start you know small and work my way up in my experience there was an unlock it was like a key literally just turned the padlock and let open something I can't even describe it it's hard to describe this is so annoying it's so I can hear myself being so annoying it's not annoying no I can hear it I can hear the the like oh you got unlocked by (laughs) no I am like all here for this I I think the audience is going to resonate with this unlocking with mushrooms (laughs) oh I've been on a parade on a caravan parade telling people like do you do shrooms obviously I can't as a professional but as a person in this world, I can. I'll just be like, do you? Do you? Do you? Why not? Have you not? How come? Okay, you- wait. So when you say shrooms, like, what? Okay, this is what I know about mushrooms. One, people like put them in brownies when we were teenagers. I never did them. And then there's like microdosing as yeah. an enlightened human. So are you talking about like trips or are we talking about microdosing or are you not allowed to say? Well, both. Tiny, tiny doses, a couple hundred milligrams of specific different kinds of, of mushrooms that you can get at different places. I mean, we're in Vancouver, so there's different dispensaries that you can access. And then, or through trusted friends, if you know people who are already in this kind of like world, or sometimes even professionals who right now it's not legal-ish. Uh, right. But, but you can order it on websites. Like you can, you can order it. Yeah, you can do it. And if this isn't again, this isn't me being like there is a medical part of this. This is me just as a person saying, I personally have had a profound experience of removing like a prison. My mind was in with both small dosages of this stuff and higher dosages of this stuff done in the right format. I think it's important to talk to somebody. I'm not the person to talk to about this. Do not, do not. Is there someone you recommend? I can ask permission from the someone if they will be willing to offer their name and then you can share it if you like. I can absolutely do that. Okay. I'll Uh, share it in the show notes because this won't be released for a couple of months. So you can let me know. Okay, great. Because there are people who know this well, but from my, my testimony here is this has allowed for me to know myself and know who I am better than anything I've ever done in my entire life. Wow. This is coming from a person who like 
is a really, really controlled person, like a really controlled person. And again, I don't know how not to be. This is who I am. I'm just like, that's, it, that's what I am. I don't know what to do. And so like sometimes using these kinds of things to see like, do you have to be that way? Mm. Do you have to be that way? Maybe not. So let's see. And then something changed. And I was just like, wow, the expansion era has expanded, honey. Like it is expanded. And so that allows for me to even more get into the kind of cool things that I want to do. I, people disagree with me about this at all, a lot. I am not a creative person. I'm not this like artsy, paintery, illustrate musical, like I don't really listen to music, or at least I didn't before. I'm not that person, I just, I, I'm not. And so I'm always just like, I'm not a creative person. And people mistake my personality for creativity. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not. And, but this year I'm like all about it. I'm just like, oh my God, I, I'm hearing music differently. Like I'm playing music now. And I'm just like, that's so cool that I'm experiencing that so differently. Like what an opening. That's how I feel. I think it's so interesting. You say you're not a creative person because I look at you and I see like a scientist that can access creativity. So I think you probably just open your own awareness to yourself as a creative person. And I think that we think of creativity as someone who's like dancing or an actor or designing something. And every person has creativity inside of them and you can apply it to anything. It can be applied to science. It can be applied to your corporate day job, it can be applied to anything. So I think if the more we can open to all sides of ourselves, whether that be through microdosing, if you want to try it, meditation, if that's for you, walking, like accessing those parts of yourself that you don't necessarily even think you have inside of you can really expand in not only like those creative aspects, but in every single thing that you do. Okay. We only have a few minutes left. There is a million questions oh, that yeah, people ask. ask. ask me okay, we're going to do <laughs> ask me anything. We're going to do rapid fire okay. on like some hot topics. So like try to keep your answer rapid fire ish. Okay. I'll try my best. Um, there's a few. There's a get some good ones. Okay. okay. Go. Okay. Vitamin IV drips. Oh, easy. If you want to try them, try them. If they work for you, fabulous. If they do not, they probably won't done. Medicine has very little to offer for suggestions here because nothing's ever really been studied. But so just if, if you want to try them out, go for it. I love them personally. They're great. Your take on birth control. (laughs) This might not be able to be a rapid fire question. (laughs) You put this in the wrong section. I said hot topics. (laughs) Uh, Okay. 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 Birth control is weirdly a villain and it does not deserve to be a villain. It just makes no sense that the world is coming for her. She is wonderful. She helps pain. Who wants to be in pain? She helps heavy bleeding. Who wants to hemorrhage every month? She helps prevent ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer. She helps prevent all kinds of fun things that we don't want to ever deal with. We don't want to go to those parties. So birth control is lovely. Never mind the fact that birth control is used to prevent pregnancies. If you don't want to get pregnant, you can use birth control. What a lovely way of doing that. However, there are problems, individual problems. Some people should not be on it. Some people have risks when they're on it. The risks are infinitesimally low for most people. The caveat to this is if you start taking birth control and it does not feel good, that's you. That doesn't mean another woman, you don't have to tell your girlfriend, do not take that. It's evil and it's terrible. She might have a life-changing experience on being on something like this because it's helping her specifically. So sorry, hot topic. I love it. No, I love it. I, and it's so totally back to what you said about like what feels good for you. I was on birth control for years. I went off it to get pregnant and personally, I feel better off of it. And like, that's for me. It's not for someone else. And it's, you know, people have endometriosis, PCOS. Like there are so many issues that women deal with that birth control can help with. One million billion percent. Ozempic. It is easily one of the most impressive medications of the group of medications that it's a part of that I have ever come across in now 17 years of practicing and now 21 years of being in medicine. It is blowing my mind what this medication is doing to help people from all kinds of different issues. I mean, it's approved for one thing, but wait, 
for it to be approved for many things. Ozempic and her sister drugs are coming for us in a way that we want to send for them. I promise you this. They are good drugs. Talk to a drug literate provider about this medication. If it might be right for you, it is phenomenal. There are caveats, of course, in a snapshot, in a hotshot, in a whatever we're calling this. It's amazing. I definitely recommend people read your blog post because I found it to be a totally different take on Uh, your view on Ozempic. I thought it was really, really interesting and I appreciate you sharing it. So I will link it. Okay, great. I'm going to do two more and then we'll wrap it up. Alcohol. I came to you, I would say a couple Mm -hmm. months ago and I was like, oh, should I just stop even the couple glasses of wine? Like I just, there's so much negativity around alcohol and do you want to share what you said to me? Do you remember? I'm, I might not remember, but this is, I hopefully I'm consistent. Tell, yeah. Uh, <laughs> alcohol is a poison. It's literally a toxin. It is just an accepted toxin. And so we we know like the Mediterranean lifestyle, you can have a glass of wine per day and you live to 142 and mm-hmm. it's like amazing. But like, that's not because of the alcohol, <laughs> like, it's because of the context of the alcohol it's like the lifestyle context of the alcohol, stress, 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 stress. So if alcohol for you is stress on your body, if you know when you remove it that things are better, it affects women particularly differently. Hormonal shifts are affected by alcohol. Menopause is affected by alcohol. It induces heat, hot flashes, night sweats. It's a depressant. It is all of those things. Guidelines have just changed to be like mm, one or two drinks a week, probably the most. And we have to tiptoe around this because people, there's a drinking culture. We're in a drinking culture. That's what we're in. And so it's, and people like their wine and you can, it doesn't mean that because you drink, you're going to die as a result of it. You can enjoy your alcohol, but no, there are, there's things that we've learned about it. But for you, if you feel like it is not serving you, you do not need to be part of this. I got to drink my wine, got to drink part of be part of this. Like I got to be that woman who's drinking my glass in my bubble bath, <laughs> listening to my audiobook. You don't got to be that girl. You don't have to be that girl. You don't have but to. But you can have a glass of wine. That's you where we came to. You can have a glass of wine. It's yeah. fine. I'm going to be 142. Yeah. <laughs> That's the new goal. Oh, oh okay. Leslie, hold on. Do you know Brian Johnson? Yes, I've heard of him. Oh, my God. This is the guy, like the billionaire that his entire life is now about like living forever, right? Oh, he's injecting his son's blood into his body. <laughs> but like the science that this guy is revealing is who knows what this is going to turn out to be. But the this the him as a human experiment showing us what does and does not or can or cannot work for things. Whoa, Brian, look Brian Johnson up. He has a like a blueprint. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna look him up more. He's super interesting. Okay, last one before we finish it off. Take on Botox. Oh, Botox, another wonderful, wonderful thing. I think again, one of those things where we have an agent that's been around forever. It's actually invented in Vancouver, which is amazing. Yep. We live in a very unfair world. Some people look away, whether it's a downturn mouth that doesn't get them a promotion. They earn less money as a result of the way their face presents. They can't help it. If they want to change that, if they want to live in this life in a better way to equalize their experience to another person, let them. Let them do what they need to do to live a happy, contentful life. I'm all about fair medicine. I'm all about fair living. And I'm all about equalizing things because we do not have a level playing field. That at its root to me is what Botox stands for. It's like, let people do what they want to do. It's super safe. It is also an extremely effective medication for all kinds of medical problems, whether it's like pain, migraines, headaches, excessive sweating, But then if somebody wants to change the way they look, let them. Mm -hmm. It is okay. And we need to get off their backs. Also, it's normalizing, right? Like it's super, super, it's normalizing. It's not going to kill us though, is what you're saying. Oh my God, no, it's not going to kill us. It's being studied for depression. Really? (laughs) It's being studied for depression. It's being, there's something about it. And it's independent of like you now being able to smile. (laughs) Like it's independent of that and how you look in the mirror. 
there's something about it that also helps with our mental health and it's being looked at and understood. It's fascinating. So just if it like, let people do what they want to do. Thank you. That's, it's a refreshing response. Okay. We're over time, but I just, of course, we are. Of course <laughs> I mean, when are we not? So, okay. I, I think we'll have to do a part two, but in the meantime, where can people find you and what do you want to leave us with? My clinic is called Mint Integrative in Vancouver. I have a, a like a new one called Gravity Health in Whitehorse. I'm all over the place with all other kinds of things. I'm not a super personal Instagrammer and like I'm on social media through these other businesses. Got to keep them alive, you know, so you can find me there. You can just Google me at Bobby Parmar or Perminder Parmar. And happy to see you if anybody needs help and support anything. I have a fabulous team that I work with too. They're all just amazing. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, don't be discouraged if you can't get into Bobby right away. His team is incredible. And I also see other people at Mint. So definitely just my, Mint generally. Yeah, they are my, uh, like, there's just, I'm an extension of them. They're extensions of me. These are fabulous, fabulous providers. We all have our uh, own ways of thinking of things, but we all understand the point so yeah there and then takeaway for me is like thanks i just love you know i just love doing stuff like this where i get to talk to really interesting people and talk about really cool things and not feel i feel no sense of judgment from you at all for anything i feel so comfortable you're a wonderful human being sophie collins your family is amazing i wish you only the best. I like love connecting wonderful people with each other. I love connecting you with people. You are a blessing of a person. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited to bring this conversation to life. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. You can find me on Instagram at Sophie C. Collins or on my website at sophiecollins.com. And you can find my brand One Wednesday at one underscore Wednesday underscore shop on Instagram or onewednesdayshop.com. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you have time, leave a rating and review. I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks to Podfather Creative for editing and production.